Welcome to Nourished Minds. I'm your host, Ellis, and I'm super excited to be sharing unfiltered and in-depth conversations around mindset, business, and lifestyle. I will also be interviewing some incredible individuals to come on and share their innate wisdom around all things mindset too. Our minds are such powerful tools and they deserve to be nourished. They deserve to be nurtured and grown and developed along the way. And this is the space where we can have these conversations to support your evolution. So tune in each week where I'll share a new episode. And if you want to connect further, connect with me at Ellis Rose Coaching on Instagram. But for now, let's go straight into the episode. Well, welcome back. I am super excited today because I have the lovely Kiani online who we actually met on social media through a recommendation um, and had a phone call last week to just catch up and get to know each other. And I'm excited for what she's going to bring today and the conversations that we have because knowing what she's done and she's achieved and the life path that she's on, I know there's a lot of value behind that. So I'm just going to pass it over to you, Kiani, and get you to introduce yourself. Thank you. Yeah, it was it was an awesome conversation, and uh, we were just actually saying we have no idea what's going to come out. So yeah. <laughs> hopefully, you're all as surprised as we are. <laughs> um, yeah. Look, I mean, yeah. My name is Kiani Mills. Uh, for my daytime job, I suppose I own a national conveyancing firm and a law firm, which is pretty much people go, "What's a conveyancer?" And really, what we do is we're we're a legal practice that help facilitate the change of ownership when someone buys or sells a house. So some people think that I'm a surveyor, <laughs> standing on blocks of land, you know, measuring. That's not what I do. Um, it is a little bit more boring than that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we do all the legals, but I love it. And it's given me a lot of safety and security. And I found a really, um, what I would say is transparent way of delivering the law mm. as opposed to some of the other areas of law. So. I love it and I've got an amazing team behind me. We spread out all over the country, which is awesome. And we are ever evolving. We are ever trying to help new clients. We saw an amazing transformation happen through COVID where the whole legal system had to go digital. And for us, we were dealing with dinosaur processes, paper, original signatures, Australia Post. So for us, it was a revolution in in COVID. So thank you. (laughs) <laughs> not everybody has a benefit to code, but I definitely did. Yeah. Um, and outside of that, I'm a self-directed healing practitioner. I do a hell of a lot of work around mindset. I'm an ambassador for the Women's Legal Services, which for those of you who don't know what that is, it's an amazing um, service, especially the ones that I represent is here in Queensland. Mm. And they offer free legal advice for women and children who are in domestic violence situations. So this cause on its own is very dear to my heart having Mm. been through domestic violence and raising my children in that space i had no idea that this Mm. service existed so when i was approached to uh, work with the organization as a dancing ceo uh, which is actually on the 20th of may and i'm super nervous but super excited (laughs) about it um i i jumped at it so yes that is that is my absolute um uh, charity of choice mm. and supporting that organization um, as well as doing public speaking I've been lucky enough to travel we'll just come back from Paris a few weeks oh, ago awesome. um, being able to deliver my keynote in Paris and I get to go to Tasmania and all these beautiful places being able to speak and and what I really do speak about is yes I've got my corporate world that I'm in you know my day job mm. but my real passion sits in being able to Uh, inspire and educate people around a way to implement the mindset into the skill set to create that harmonious life Mm. and I do it through speaking about the purple pill um, which is a little pull off from the matrix um, the red pill or the blue pill it's like no 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 we don't want to do one or the other why do we have to be one way or another way why can't we be a little bit of both and be that beautiful mix you know that unicorn as I call it and, and live in that purple space. So um, I do try and bring that mentality into my corporate world and, and, and help my corporates come over to the 
to the side and, and start to, which I mean, again, COVID was a beautiful thing. We're seeing a bit more work from home. We're seeing yeah. um, dual setups. We're seeing flexibility. We're seeing mums come back in part time. We're seeing HR have got this beautiful um, implementation through offices around being a human in in business, which is beautiful. And um, lastly, to top that off, I do have a podcast as well, which is called She Can Humanize Business. Which again is, is is all about bringing the human element into business. So yeah, that's a bit about me. I love that, and there's so much to it. And this, I know we briefly spoke about this when we caught up on the phone, and it's like we actually get to do it all if we want to. And not do it all as in have all these responsibilities, do all the things that we love. And it took me back when you were saying about like, you know, you've got the corporate, you've got the things you love. I remember leaving school and thinking, I don't know what I want to do. Like, I don't want to choose one thing. And, you know, I watched everybody go off to uni and be really set on what they wanted to do. And I'm like, but I actually have no idea because I am multi-passionate and I know that. And it was just trusting the process. And I think some people fear that because there's an expectation that we, you know, leave school, we go to uni, we get a job, like, and it's, we climb the ladder. And there's actually so much more to life when you bring in your passions and you're diversifying and bringing in that mindset and business and playing around with it all. Absolutely. And look, I mean, I was one of those kids that I knew what I wanted to do from year 10 Mm. and I just happened to find legal studies and I loved it. But I also knew that I was not born to be a conveyancer. Like yeah. that was not why I was put on this planet. That was going to be my avenue to be mm. able to create the wealth that I needed to then be able to go and do what I'm doing. So I'm 36 years old and I'm only now just really falling into into my passion. Mm. So the fact that we expect our 16, 17, 18 year old high school children to be able to decide what they want to do for the rest yeah. of their lives at that age is quite remarkable and incredible. But there's probably 90% of us that have no idea, like yeah. you at that point in time, going, how would I know? All I've ever learned is what's inside these four walls of the classroom. Yeah. So again, though, we have gone into more of a, a diverse way of teaching. You know, we've got mature age classes. We've got, um, I don't know what they call it anymore, but it's like the TAFE version of year 12. Yeah. Um, there's a lot more diversity around it, but... Absolutely. It's like, well, I don't know what I'm passionate and what I'm passionate about at, at 18. Am I going to be passionate about that at 30? Yeah, you know? exactly. It's, it's an interesting space. Yeah. And it's funny because when I look at like my journey or hearing your journey, it's not linear. Like it's, you know, you've got little things coming off to the side, you're doing this, you're then deciding this. And, and that's, I find the beauty of it. And I think sometimes people want it just to be set in stone and it's like there's when it's set in stone you're actually closing down opportunities because you're so focused on that one you know line of work that you're doing or want and that certainty and yet there's so much beauty in seeing it all because we get to pick and choose and I know for you like you've fell into some spaces that you never expected to fall into but look where it's led you yeah absolutely the 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 biggest I guess like, I, I live in memes and quotes and you know, mm. <laughs> the biggest one that really made me go, oh, you're right, was was simply that life is not linear. Mm. And I was like, oh, yeah, why am I trying to make it linear? Yeah. Ride the bumps, ride the waves. And it's only now that I'm looking back on my life and going, oh, well, that's why I did that course. At the time, it had nothing to do with anything that I was doing. Yeah. But I was interested in it, so I followed the path. And then again, like 30 years later, I'm now starting to realize what it is what I want to be when I grow up. And I haven't grown up yet, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but the world is so expansive. And this, this stage that we're going into with digital and yeah. AI and technology, for a lot of kids that were at school doing, doing high school 10 years ago, that didn't exist. Mm. So... We're seeing new opportunities come every single day. So, yeah, you're right. Don't, don't almost like don't put yourself into that box. Stay yeah. curious. Stay open mm. to the life that you had laid out for your future may not be the life that you actually need. And this is one of the topics that I speak about when I'm speaking topics. It's the fated life versus the destined life. Yeah. And our lives have all been fated for us and from when we were a child and 
mine was. I was going to do law and I was going to study law and I was going to be a lawyer. That was my fated path. But through my life, I got thrown curveballs. I had got pregnant at 21 and realized that being a lawyer and having a very young child and being a baby myself was not going to happen. So I had to go, right, what's next? For me, conveyancing was next. And that took me so far that I went, okay, I've gotten to this point, but there's something missing in my life. Mm. And so by by being curious and, and finding those things that are my passion, and there is an amazing quote out there somewhere that says that if you find your passion and turn it into a job, you'll never have to work a day in your life. Yes. And that's yeah. so true. And you know, we're kind of spoiled in these yeah. days. We've got so many things that we could do, which at the same time can be really, really daunting. Yeah, and I love what you said about the curiosity, like stay curious because it's that's a curiosity which leads you to the next door. Like it's the openness, it's the curiosity and it's the trust. And I know for me, the trust piece was the hardest thing. Um, and that's because as humans, we, we seek certainty, right? We seek safety and certainty. So naturally we're always going to lean towards the safest option first. And once we can build that trust in ourselves, that's when we've got, okay, cool, we can you know, utilize our intuition and what feels good rather than what's logical. But I'm curious for yourself, when you started to open up your curiosity, how did you find trusting the process? Like knowing, not knowing what's next, like how did you actually create that trust? Yeah, that was a bumpy ride. (laughs) Bumpy ride. Um, For a long time, I lived in a state of survival and it was just go, 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 do, do, do don't kill a child or, you know, don't miss anything, don't miss a deadline, don't let a staff member down. You're wearing those, you know, all those millions of hats Mm. all at once. And so for a long time, there was no space for trust and there was no space for intuition. It was just do and find out the hard way if it didn't work. And for some, that works really, really well. But when you get to a certain point and, and through that process, you will find overwhelm, you will find burnout, you will find breakdown. Mm-hmm. It's not a sustained way to live. But when I decided to start introducing, and it wasn't so much an introduction, it was always there. I just chose to ignore it and learn. I had to learn what my feelings were to start with. And it was yeah. like putting post-it notes on my body going, oh, that's sad, Yeah. that's happy, that's shame, that's guilt, that's joy, that all those different feelings and emotions. Once I could trust my feelings, then I could start to let my gut lead the way. Yeah. And that trust point, the trust part is the hardest part. Yeah. Because even though we've got our intuition and we've got our gut, this thing up here, this thing inside of our head, that, that noisy thing that does not slow down, will always make you second guess. Yeah. So for me, it was, I had to really learn to ask this this thing up here in my head to take a bit of a back seat yeah. and listen to the to the subtleties because the, the noise, the negative is always so much louder yeah. than the, the intuition and the positive. And sometimes it really is just taking that leap of faith. Mm. And it's like a muscle. It's like going to the gym and practicing every single day with those yeah. weights. You're going to get better every time. For me, it was that. It yeah. was, oh, there it is. I better act on it. Mind thoughts would come in. Be like, okay, thank you. I hear you. I don't need you. I'm yeah. going to follow my gut this time and let's just see what happens. If you're right, great. I'll give you a high five. If yeah. you're not, let's get going. And it yeah. just had to be, I had to consciously choose it every single time. Yeah. And what you've said there's so important because I like I see people do this every day and like when I'm coaching clients or when I'm even on a call when they're looking okay do I want to coach and things like that and we're, we're deep diving into some questions you can see their logical brain and it's really interesting because it actually happens in front of your eyes that when you're aware of it and you know you've worked through it yourself you can see people actually self-sabotage like right in front of your eyes whether it's they're going to make a big decision and they know they want it. They know it's right for them. And it's like they have this flicker with their eyes and then they go, it just might not be the right time or I can't afford it or I don't know, something, I'll have to think about it. And it's like, you think it's a no. And that's only because your logical will come through with every reason not to. And it is, you see it happen. And that was one of the biggest things for me as well is like, okay, hold on, is this right now all logical and all my conscious or am I actually feeling into this 
and what am I like going into here? You know, am I actually ignoring every part of my intuition? And it's taking the back seat and going, okay. And it's the conscious thought. It's how can I be aware of what's leading right now? Absolutely. It's incredible. And there's there's a reason why if you go and do a personality test or for, for all of my staff in my company, I get them to do what's called a Gallup. It's Clifton Strengths. And it gives you your 32 or 34 strengths mm. from prominent to least. And it says in there specifically, when you are sitting here doing this test, do not think about the answers. Yeah. Respond. Yeah. React. Do what comes first. Do not think about it. And they bang on about it. And there's a reason for that because the minute we let this thing come in, yeah. and I get it, it is there for a reason. It is there to protect us. It yeah. is there to create safety, but it is also there to kind of mess with us sometimes and not not necessarily it's doing it on purpose, but create confusion where there should be certainty. Yeah. And so I've learned now in my big decisions in life, I go, go straight away. Yeah. Funnily enough, I got taken on a retreat a couple of years ago and I've always been anti-guns. And my son, who's now almost 14, would want to play these computer games where there's guns and things like that. And I'm like, no, let's just go for other games. I I felt really uncomfortable with it and I didn't know why. And I went on this retreat and it was a personal performance retreat around creating momentum and doing what you need to do as a CEO, as a business owner, as a leader. And they surprised us with this day event. And in the morning, we kind of all sat around in a, in, a, in a room and he's like, right, the premise and the intention behind this is to just make a decision. As a CEO, not every decision is going to be right, but you just have to make a decision. Mm. If you sit and you think, you procrastinate or you ponder or you tell yourself why, you don't. Whereas if you act, yeah, you're going to act from your place of strength which is usually that quiet place Mm. but even if it doesn't come off you're then going to be able to adapt doing nothing nothing will happen you've got nowhere to go from there so it was about taking action and doing something and so we jumped on the bus and then we pulled up at a shooting range and i was like (gasps) my heart sank Mm. i can't do this and i said to i said to the, the, the gentleman that was leading it was a dear friend of mine i'm like tim i can't do this I can't shoot a gun. I'm like, I tell my son not to play these games. I can't hold a physical gun and shoot it. Mm. And so I was really like, that was, for me, that was like what I thought was a really clear boundary and value of mine. I was like in this tangle with it. And he's like, look, just bear with me. I understand what you're saying, but let's just listen to what the men have to say. And so we sat down with one of the professionals who works at the range and he took us through the respect of the gun and the process that goes into it and allowing our thoughts to sit back all we need to do is see and pull the trigger Mm. there's no thought that needs to come into it it's the minute it's up and we respect the gun we respect the process we respect everybody around us it was a really incredible transition for me to go to from being in fear like i was throat closed stomach churning Mm. dizzy shaking i did not want to do it so then understanding the process behind it yeah. and respecting the process and then I went to go and do it and because it was so made so simple I was able to stand up and do it and yeah. I ended up winning a, an award a, a little medal thing for being the best shooter on the day oh. <laughs> I love that so how's that that yeah. my, my, my whole mind took my body into shock to the point where I wasn't going to do something to then understand it from a true depth yeah. of respecting what it is. And look, it doesn't mean that I can go and condone guns anymore. Yeah. It's like, well, I haven't changed my view on yeah. it. Yes. In that moment, it turns out that I'm actually quite good at putting my thoughts in the back end and just reacting. Yeah. And that was a really amazing learning lesson for me because it's like, well, how many other areas am I letting my head guide me? Yeah. And this is like, for you, that was a massive perception change as well because you got a whole different overview and perspective of what this is which allowed you to put your thoughts to the back seat and take the action and yet if you'd have tried to have done that on your own without that information and new perspective it probably would have been a completely different outcome and like perspective changes are so important and I talk to people about this and clients about this all the time it's when they're viewing a situation and they're coming from their own view and it's like what if you were to 
just perceptual position a moment and step into that person's shoes. Look at this situation from their eyes. And at the start, some people, it's new because it's like, well, no, because this is my view. And it's like, yeah, and this is your one narrow perception. So step into their shoes. How are they feeling? What place are they coming from? And it's a really great way to decharge a situation because people are then learning how to go, oh, okay, and if I'm to put myself in their shoes, they may have just been having a bad day or they actually were coming from a place of love. And it's just this new perception that gives them a new way to take action on it because they've allowed themselves to not just stay in their own head, you know? And it's a really powerful tool and it just shows you that thoughts are so important and if we're not aware of them, they're going to continue to rule our life. Oh, 100%. And that is so true. Being able to shift perspective, to be considerate of that other person, that other scenario, that other situation, you don't know what someone else is going through at that point in time. And this is, this is you know, leading it back into the concept that I talk about with the purple pill. Yeah. That narrow vision, that is the blue pill way because it is very set in stone it's very um one way or the highway yeah much because this is the way that we've been taught and there's nothing wrong with that but this is our belief system that we currently hold Mm. because we don't know any different and then for those of us that are willing to instead of driving that car become a passenger and observe how the car's being driven we can start to look at our thoughts a little different and the thoughts aren't so it has to be one way. That thought's still there. That doesn't mm. go away. But there's a secondary thought that goes, hmm, what if? Hmm, what could? Yeah. You know, all of those what scenarios, that's the curiosity part in it. Yeah. That's introducing the purple. That's making your mind, instead of being so dogmatic and going down one path, it's going, hmm, perhaps. And it's 1%. It doesn't yeah. have to be a big, you, can't, you don't jump from fence to fence. Mm. It's, it's not a thing. It's that tiny little shift of, again, the muscle. You introduce it one time. Yeah. And then the next time it becomes a little bit easier and a little bit easier. And the more that we can open our perception and create an observer's seat and observe the whole scenario from both situations, the better equipped we are at responding the more regulated our nervous system is yeah. and the less likely we're going to continue to react in the same way moving forwards. Yeah. But it's that, it's that first time. And sometimes we're not, sometimes we're so in it that we can't possibly think of anything else, especially if it is something that triggers rage. Yeah. You see, what I mean? you don't think about anyone else in those situations. So having someone like you that can consciously go, huh, stop that. No, there it is again. And, and pick it up for people that's incredible and then yeah. teaching them the skills to be able to do it themselves it's empowering yeah massively and it comes down to the being part as well right like it's we can do something once and go well it doesn't work but we have to allow it to become a an unconscious part of our being and this is where change the change actually lies is in the being part and i talk about think do be and it's like we can keep thinking the same way and a lot of people are like that and that will just create the same results over and over again But if you can think differently and do differently and keep repeating that enough times, that's when you start to see change because it becomes a part of your being. But if you're just too sure and you think and you do differently for not enough time and it hasn't become an unconscious new habit, you often look back. And this is where people, they give up, right? Because they go and they try and make change, but they don't do it for long enough and they go back to their old habits. So it's like, how can we make something so conscious that we do it over and over and over again to then become an unconscious part of our being where that is then just our new way of thinking. Like it's a natural part of the way we make decisions and move through life. Yeah, absolutely. And there's something like 21 days to create a new habit. Yeah. Well, if you're not going to give it 21 days, then you haven't given it a true crack. Yeah. And really, I mean, I know for me, I probably need more than 21 days. Yeah, I think I think it's most really people do. And I need yeah. More, apparently, it takes 21 days. So again, it, I feel like there's a part in there too about knowing that you've almost got to start. And sometimes this is why going to a coach or um, 
a mentor is fantastic because they can see things that you can't. Yeah. And a lot of the times there are transparent beliefs that sit in the background that are so instinctual that we don't even know what's happening. Mm. So sometimes it can be really hard to even identify that that is there in the first place to then be able to create change. So sometimes a way that I like to do it is go, what situation keeps happening over and over and yeah. over? Because if there's something that keeps happening over and over again that we don't like or we don't wish to continue anymore, then sometimes we don't need that external viewpoint. Sometimes we need to just sit down and have a really honest look at what did we do in the Mm. lead up to that? What was our actions? Where were we coming from? What was going on for us at that point in time? And what in that little nugget, there's so many nuggets of gold in that part when you're prepared and able to really sit down and have a look at your 50%, Yeah. Um, you can start to find those little pieces that you go, oh, gosh, okay, that led to that, that led to that. Wow. So if I can change this, then this is going to change. Yeah. Um, but again, it's it's a it's a courageous thing to do. Yeah, it's an... It's funny because it's an awareness piece, right? But it's also an honesty piece because you could go into it wanting to not see anything and you're going to come out and not change or you can go in and be really honest with yourself when you're creating this awareness so that you can make change. And one thing that I do as well with a lot of clients, I'm like, what's one thing you're seeing in others all the time that you don't like? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. So how is this you? How is this reflecting back? Because the biggest thing is often we see the things in others which are the parts we've done integrated in ourselves, And if we can be honest with that as well, because sometimes if you have had this same thought about someone or something for so long and it keeps coming back and it keeps showing up, you've created that dislike part. Like you've disassociated and it's like, I'm not that person. And it's actually most often the person that you say, I am not like them, that you are most like. And that's how it plays out. And it's like, but you have to be honest. You have to be really honest with yourself and congruent with what you allow yourself to see because it's the awareness piece that then creates the work. Because, you know, if you, and this is why, like you said, a coach is great because they might just have a little bit more awareness and that allows you, they can guide you to start seeing the things you currently can't see, especially if it's an unconscious habit. And that's where you can go, okay, right. And then when you can start to see how it is you, they're the things we clear up. They're the things that you can start to work on. So it is actually a really great way that you can delve into mindset and personal development by yourself, but you have to have the honesty piece. 100%, absolutely. I had this great analogy from my um, psychotherapist who has been my lifesaver for the last five years and mm. I still see her very, very consistently. Yeah. But she explained to me, especially, and this was for her and I specifically in relation to a relationship. So in a relationship, it's every situation or every disrupt or every trigger that happens, and let's just talk about an argument, for instance. Yeah. The reality is it's not your fault, it's not their fault. The reality is... No one's right, no one's wrong. And the analogy that she used is that a relationship is like a tennis court and 50% of this tennis court is mine and 50% of this tennis court is theirs. And like every argument, every argument has stemmed from something, from mm. somewhere. It hasn't just boofed yeah. out of nowhere all of a sudden it's a thing. It's come from somewhere. So if that argument is the, the, the net in the middle of the tennis court, then what is your 50%? Yeah get us to this situation and then in a, in a conscious relationship it's them acknowledging their 50% mm. but the minute we start to lay blame we've jumped over the problem and we're on their side of the tennis court throwing all the balls in their face yeah instead of moving back onto our side of the court and taking responsibility for ours yeah and this can be the same for situations Absolutely. like friends not you know getting fired from work like whatever it might be because a lot of the times we will go into protection mode and that's normal but if we can look at every scenario from the viewpoint of this is a tennis court 50 percent of this is mine it does help with that ownership piece a little bit more but you have to be honest you have to be prepared to look at yourself in the mirror see the bits you don't want to see and take responsibility for it. Yeah, because if we continue to be in like in, in denial, 
we're, we're never going to allow ourselves to create awareness and change and in order like I think personal development's huge nowadays which is awesome and you know I think a lot more people are becoming aware that they can change and they can work on their mindset and if if not well what are you in denial to and why are you in denial if you know that you could become a better person it does start with that honesty piece and there's been areas in my life like when I dip, deep dived in you know five or six years ago some of the things that you have to be honest about can really hurt because it's been something or a story you've been telling yourself for so long and then to have the I guess you'd be in a position to take the ownership it can be like oh that hurts that's a massive hit to the ego that is but when you've done that and you can see through it, you're like, oh my God, how did I not see this? But it's it's just so powerful when you can take it on and take the responsibility and go, oh, so I have created this, this was me, and now I know that this isn't gonna show up in the same way because I've changed and integrated this within myself. Yeah, that's so true. And the hardest reality that people can face is that by choosing not to do the work or by choosing to remain in denial, you're going to keep experiencing the exact same experiences yeah. that have always happened. And to me, I say, and I say this, you know, with absolute love is every single moment is a choice. Mm-hmm. Every single decision you make is a choice. Yeah. And if you keep making the same choices, the definition of sanity, insanity, the definition of insanity <laughs> is by doing the same thing over and over again yeah. and expecting a different result. Yeah. That is what you're doing in your life by choosing to make the same comfortable, safe choices, you are going to create the same uncomfortable life. Yeah. But by stepping out of your comfort zone, stepping into the state of uncomfortable, becoming really freaking comfortable in that space because it's it, it's work. That's why they call it doing the work. Yeah. It's not easy and it's very confronting, but then we come out with clarity and the choices that we make are informed aware choices to create a different trajectory not continue down the path that we were and look as we said before let's caveat that life is not linear it's not Mm. always going to be rainbows and unicorns it's hard work yeah the hard work is so worth it on the other side a hundred percent and when you're talking about comfort then it's like it's com- the word is comfortable for a reason and we it's like thinking of a comfortable bed and you don't want to get out in the morning or you're laying in the sun and it's just like you're feeling really comfortable but some of us are so comfortable that what in order to move out of that safety in the comfort zone why don't we start by making small choices? Because some people feel like they have to completely leap out the pond, but you're probably going to end up getting back in the pond because it's too much. So it's like, what if you could just dip your toe, like change that 1% every day? Because then you're you're getting used to the uncomfortable, which becomes the new comfortable. And that ladder just keeps climbing. And I remember um, having a conversation with my partner five years ago and I was like, right, I am going to, do this with my fitness, this with my business, this with, you know, X, Y, and Z. And he's like, whoa, like you're doing this all at once. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going for it. And he's like, do you not want to do them separately or do a little bit of them all, you know, and ease into it? And I'm like, no, I went all in. And it was, it was way too much. My nervous system was like, no. (laughs) Conscious mind was like, oh my God, this is really dangerous. Get back. And I had all these thoughts that was like, oh no, maybe I will watch TV. I'm a bit tired. I will watch TV tonight over building business. Oh, I am a bit achy. I won't go to the gym. I will just chill tonight. Oh, I don't need the salad. And it just came back to this bubble of, mm, okay, I'm comfortable again. And here I am, under my blanket, yeah. all safe. Yeah, so it's like, how come, like, stop thinking we have to do it all overnight because this is a part of the journey. Let's just change and increment something new, that 1% every day. Absolutely. And let's, the stigma that I would love to remove is the old me and the new me. Mm. They're old and there is no new. You are exactly the same. All we're doing is taking off a couple of layers so that we can start to walk a little bit lighter, a little bit straighter, a little bit more clear into the future that we're living. Because I know for me as well, I got so caught up in the self-development world Mm. that I was like, 
I'm broken. I need to be fixed. Yeah. I've just got to heal and I've got to do this and I've got to do this course and I've got to be on this course and I've got to do this. And I just got so sucked into, I got addicted to yeah. the feeling. You know that aha moments? The, the light, to me, like, yeah. the, the light bulb moments. I got so addicted mm. to those. I was like, oh my God, the only way I'm going to, to heal is by finding all of these things inside of me that I need to transform. Yeah. I need to, and I mean, look, I'm, I'm being a little bit theatrical here, but literally for 12 months, I just wrapped myself in this world of constant need. And it was yeah. almost, I was addicted to it. Mm. I was addicted to healing. Yeah. And on the other side of that, I went, oh, that was a lot it was a lot. My body shut down. I got so sick. Mm. I ended up having, I, I, I cut my thumb on the ceiling fan on Christmas morning while I was making my daughter's bed, severed my nerves and tendons in my oh. thumb, went to the hospital to go and get surgery, ended up catching COVID in the hospital. So then I got locked in my room for seven days because they couldn't operate on me. So I couldn't use my right hand. I couldn't, I had six people staying at my house. I couldn't leave my bedroom. So I had my freedom taken away. I was isolated. I'm an extrovert, so I was introverted. I could not use my right hand. Mm. So I was like, right, I have literally been smashed. What do I need to learn from this? Yeah, it's like the universe put you on your ass for your learnings of like slow down. And a good friend of mine talks about the analogy with the feather, the brick, and the yep. bus. And it's like, the feather will come first. And if you don't listen, the brick will come next. And if you don't listen, yeah. the bus. And I got the bus in a yeah. very big way. Yeah. And to me, that bus was telling me to just slow the hell down. Yeah. Stop trying to do so many things all at once. And just get back to basics. Get back to being yeah. me. Get back to being a mom. Get back to doing what I love in my business again. Instead of constantly trying to heal all this trauma and be this new version of me that I was like emerging from a cocoon like a butterfly yeah and the bus hit me and I was like oh there goes the bloody butterfly yeah (laughs) and it's but it is like and when you say that I'm like this has happened to me so many times where I'm like actually what if I was to just be present and be so happy in this moment rather than looking for an answer in everything rather than reflecting all the time because it can get exhausting and also you're so easily wrapped up in it because of those moments of like oh my god I get why I do that now this is from this and it's like it's like filling a puzzle and you're always waiting for that last piece and what I say to my clients is you are not going to get to a day where you go oh I'm healed it's never coming so you may as well just keep the puzzle pieces yeah exactly (laughs) so it's like keep the puzzle pieces separate and you get to just pick into them whenever you want but stop waiting for that last puzzle piece because it actually dysregulates you because you're working on yourself, you're happy, you're like, oh my God, this is great. And then you have a day where you feel a little bit emotional and you think, what's wrong? When actually we're humans, we're meant to experience a spectrum of emotions. doesn't mean you've gone backwards. And one thing that I actually realized was I had a voice in my head, which in the personal development world, I think we've all had it, is if you're not growing, you're dying. Oh yeah, that's a big one, isn't it? And That actually was a catalyst, but in an unhe- in a really unhealthy way, because I couldn't like I was like I don't enjoy you know like rom com books and all these you know I was like I just love personal development books, and it literally I, the reason I'd created that belief was because I'm like well if I'm not growing I'm dying and if I'm reading a book that's about love and sex and relationships well that's not that's not good for my brain. What a waste of time. Yeah. And I had three personal development books on my bedside. And they were just collecting dust. And I'm like, I really want to read, but I just, I'm not feeling that tonight. Anyway, a friend handed me a book, one of the Colleen Hoover ones. And she was like, just read this. And I read it in two days. And it was the most blissful, like present reading time in two days I've ever had. Because I was so in the moment, I was engrossed my head wasn't trying to think of all the things I was just present in the story and that was my biggest reminder of like oh my god like I can do these things I enjoy these things and this is actually what I've been craving and I'm not dead (laughs) like I'm okay and if you take it back to childhood how much did we use our imaginations when we were kids exactly and I actually set that challenge for a friend of mine actually you know what it was probably like November last year and I guarantee he still hasn't read that fiction book but same thing he was like personal development, personal mm. development 
I challenge you. Like, I challenge yeah. you to read something that gives your brain a moment to just imagine something yeah. new. Invite some... Obviously, we are creative beings, so we've yeah. always got creativity, but there is something about a fiction novel that you get so sucked into it that you become a part of this world. Yeah. And yes, we sometimes we sometimes get it through movies. Yeah. But because we can speak visually, we can hear it auditory, we're already two steps ahead because we're learning in two ways. Yeah. Whereas when you read a book, you're only reading the words, it's black and white, and you create that vision in your head. Yeah. Gosh, that is probably one of the best pieces of advice I would give anyone who's stuck in that little space there because it is. Yeah. It is gold. And yeah. we become so wrapped up in wanting to be wanting to create, wanting to do, that we forget that, that we are human beings, not human doings. doings yeah. It there's, is. So, there's so many ways to kind of lose our path, whether it's positive yeah. or negative. But for us in this space, it's I feel like we've all done it. Yeah, and pregnancy for me has actually been a great reminder or a great learning, I should say, of surrender. Be. Yeah you know, focus on the little moments, actually be present. Like, you know, trimester one put me on the, my ass and, you know, I, I dealt with a lot, you know, there was a lot of guilt, you know, I'm not worthy if I'm not providing and I'm not working and what if, how can I just lay on the sofa and, you know, my partner leaves for work and I'm in the sleep because he'd leave at five, he'd come home at 7 p.m. and then I'm on the sofa watching a film. Like, this doesn't look good, there's guilt. and that was my biggest surrender piece of like just be like my body is growing a human this is my time to be present to snuggle the dogs to just do what i want and to actually allow my mind to just quieten because right now i I can't think so that was really beautiful lesson for me and something that was very much needed um because i am an achiever and i love like go 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 and it was just it really gave me that perspective of we can be both and we can be it all but create that being in your life because otherwise it's gone it's just you focus so much on the next step you've actually missed what you're doing right now um and it was really beautiful you're creating a human Mm. it's such a i think because we've been doing it for thousands of years it becomes a bit of a but it's not it takes over your whole entire body and the baby gets fed first so any nutrients that go in go straight to the baby yeah we get what's left yeah there's a reason why you're tired there's a reason why you need yeah. to rest you know if there's ever a time to listen to your body it's when obviously pregnancy is a huge one but when you start to get depleted like yesterday i spent all day on the couch in my dressing gown mm. with my lap on my lap but yeah i was like no my body needs to rest yeah. if i don't do this i'm gonna get sick and I don't want to get sick. I don't need to get sick. I've got everything I need. Yeah. But I need to just take a minute and allow my body to do what it needed to do. So yeah. that was me listening. That probably wasn't a feather. I feel like that was a brick because yeah. I started to get the body aches. But yeah. it's still listening. Sometimes it's better late than never. 100%. Um, but on that surrender piece, I had a massive, uh, I guess, wake-up call uh, that made me dive down this path of curiosity and one of the very first books that I read was a book by Michael A. Singer called The Surrender Experiment and if anyone out there is is like us and I would call myself an overachieving perfectionist (laughs) who could not sleep, I could not do anything except write lists in my brain, the idea of meditation freaked me out and I was constantly, if I was traveling somewhere I'd be wasting time. Yeah. If I was walking somewhere without running, I'd be wasting time. If I was waiting in queue somewhere, wasting time. So everything was so immediately urgent. And this created such a tension inside of me that the idea of surrender was just, you're kidding, not a chance. Like, absolutely not a chance. And when I I had a, a beautiful wake up call, someone called me out on the fact that. The way that I was perceived by others was a cold-hearted bitch. And I went, oh, mm. what do you mean? I'm lady. I'm just juggling a million kinds of things. And I've got, I had really bad social anxiety at the time. So being in a crowd was not something that I enjoyed doing. Yeah. So I was kind of trying to put my best face on, but like hold on like crap so that I didn't fall apart. And that led me to reading The Surrender Experiment. And this book 
and this beautiful man, Michael Eisinger, has written many books now. But this book for me was that moment of going, wow, I'm holding on so tight to everything and everything feels like a challenge and everything feels like I'm fighting for my life. Yeah. What if, what if there was another way? What if I could just let go, not of everything, but little bits. Yeah. Yeah, little bits there. What if I didn't feel guilty about sitting down for five minutes just to rest my feet or, you know, giving the kids an extra five minutes of cuddles and doing emails later? Like those kinds of little things, we don't give ourselves permission to do these things. And that book was a really big eye-opener for me of what this man was able to create. It's his personal story yeah. of what he could create in his lifetime by choosing to surrender. And I think that the premise around that too is that the surrender isn't in surrendering action. We still take action, but we surrender in the outcome because we can't control what we can't control. Yeah. So by doing what we want to do from our intuition, from our heart, from our trust, and then surrendering to the outcome and knowing that if that doesn't come, then something better is coming for us, we're allowing. And this goes back to the first conversation we had about being in the box. Yeah. About... You know, choosing what we want to do at the age of 18 forever. We're going, wow, we've closed ourselves to possibilities and opportunities. This surrender piece, it's never too late to start. It's never too late to decide to just trust in the process and allow things to start flowing. Listen to your body. Listen to those little things inside of you. Um, it It is an incredible skill because mm. it's something we do have to learn it is a must yeah. you have to practice it but that book for me was huge yeah I and it is sometimes them wake-up calls of like either hearing what someone else has to say or an experience or whatever it is like it's like oh right this has to change like this actually has to change and I love what you said around we can't control what we can't control we as humans love to think that we control everything. And the truth is you actually probably would shock yourself if you really looked at what you could actually control. And the the biggest thing you control fully is yourself and your mind when you create that awareness. But everything else is it's unpredictable. You know, people think, well, if I've got a full-time job, like, well, I'm in control of that. No, you're not. You know, I've got an income. Well, that you're not in control of that fully. Like, you can only control yourself. Absolutely. I was just going to say, I'm a recovering control freak. Yeah, me too. I'm a recovering control freak. It still comes back every now and again, and my kids are like, Mom. Yeah. But it is is something that we can do something about. A lot of people get stuck in that, this is just who I am. Mm. This is how I was born. This is how my family is. You know, and for me, my, my thoughts went down the path, especially being in, a, in an abusive relationship, was I chose this. Yeah. I made my bed. I have to lay in it. There is nothing I can do. Those thoughts create this box yeah. that you then So by realizing that there are some things we can control, and yeah, we may need to control them, but there are just so many that we can't. Yeah. Being open to allowing that to start to just guide you rather yeah. than you trying to guide it. Yes. I really do feel like the, the, the easiest way for me to explain is on the other side of my journey, I've found it feels light. Yeah. And I've found acceptance and patience and stillness I love that and that to me is what letting go surrendering releasing control has created Mm. for me yeah I really love that and I think I'm I'm on that lightness feel and the one thing I'm still working on is the patience piece I've always been a very impatient person it's like it's happening it's happening now you know and that but that I'm still learning but it is, it's, you know, recognizing how, like, how do I feel compared to when I was, you know, the professional controller, you know, like it's looking back and seeing that change in how we feel. And it is, it's tuning into the body and listening and allowing ourselves to actually tell us what's happening rather than looking for the answers outside of us. Um, 
Well, I think maybe we should wrap up. I know we could talk probably for oh, quite God. a long time. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, and there's so many different, you know, little rabbit holes we can go down. But I'd love for you to think of something that, say, for example, there's someone listening and they're in that point where they're trying to just do this one thing and they're not fulfilled. And they've heard our stories today of, doing it all in the way, the things we love, what would you recommend them to do if they are wanting more and they want to just start opening up and coming out of that little, you know, mindset of the one thing? The word curiosity is yeah. is, is my word because if we are curious to other opportunities, other avenues, um, you know, for me growing up in a state school down in Victoria, we never had self-development books or yeah. even astrology books around. So it's not so much being curious to what we already know, it's being curious to what we don't know. Yeah. And if that passion of yours hasn't presented itself yet, have a look at what your hobbies are and get in touch with that. Find that part in your heart. Think of a really beautiful, happy experience tap into that feel that and from that state yeah start to explore and become curious about areas of your life that you excel in whether it's say you're really good at cleaning the house Mm. that means you're organized that means that you like things to be neat you know that may give you some hints or tips around tasks that you like to do as we spoke about it's not don't go the big picture we might not know what the big picture is but look at the, the little things what do I enjoy doing? What what would get me out of bed in the morning? Yeah. And then from there, start to look at jobs, roles, tasks, careers that involve those things and start to build out from there. Yeah. This is, again, it's that start with the little bits that create momentum. Because once we've got momentum, that's when the, the wheel of life will just start flowing from us. Yeah. Thank you for that. I really love that. Um, and... Before we finish, if people want to find you, where are they going to find you, my lovely? Oh, look, social media is probably the easiest. Yeah. Kiani Mills on Instagram and on Facebook. And then the company, if anyone needs a conveyancer, yeah. is Imperial. And um, cool little story, Imperial is the feminine, it's a translation of the word empire in its feminine. So Ooh, I to love me, that changing my business into a law firm and branching out nationally i went my mission is to help all australians create their empire through property Mm. and i will teach them how to do that so that was a really cool little journey for me to go on and embrace my feminine Mm. to allow it to shine in what is predominantly a a male dominated industry yeah and what's your podcast name the podcast is called She Can Humanize Business. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, my love, for jumping on. And I've really enjoyed this conversation. And I'm sure we'll catch up again soon. But yeah, I really, really appreciate the time. My pleasure. Thank you so Thanks, much. my lovely. Beautiful to be here. Recording stopped. <laughs>